When America is great, it's when we do the right thing. When you put kids in cages, that's not the right thing. I'm, I'm a person who believes that justice only happens if those of us who are not being threatened stand up. I'm Jahan Sharif, and welcome to Jaja. This is part two in our series on immigration. We're continuing our conversation with Larry Campbell, the executive director of Corners Outreach. Corners is a nonprofit organization dedicated to bringing education, jobs, and legal services to underserved persons in Gwinnett County near Atlanta, Georgia. About 80% of the students in Corners Outreach are American citizens born in the United States. Their parents or other older family members are undocumented. This is pretty typical because almost a third of the families have been living here for more than 10 years, and over time, lives become intertwined. Today, we'll hear more about the work done through Corners, and Larry will tell us what you can do right now to serve whichever communities you hold dear. So, you have, in a way, scaled your impact through... uh, your organization that you founded, Corners Outreach. Could you tell me a little bit about how Corners came to exist, what your intention was with it, and how um, how you've structured it to achieve the goals that you that you envisioned? Yeah, uh, it began in 2012 officially as a nonprofit, and the objective was is just to help kids be better in school. The high school graduation was our primary objective. So the way we work is. We have the parents sign parent release forms, so we become quasi-parents so that we can then share all the education information. And then by doing so, we're aware of all the academic performance. So when there's a parent-teacher meeting, we pick up the parent and take them to the meeting. We translate. So we give transportation and translation. And then we create individual tutoring programs for the children, for all of our students. And then we work with the teachers for them to do better in school. So we do that elementary school so we can lay the right foundation. As we begin to do that, we begin to do workshops for the parents. And as we begin to experience what's going on with the parents, then we would do workshops on immigration or guardianship or how to fill out your taxes. Or, you know, we would also say, let's have some fun today. What do y'all want? Let's do cooking or sewing so or CPR. We'll do any kind of thing to pull mom into it. As we begin to recognize the poverty difficulty, and as that kind of grew in 2012 from one school, now we're with eight, eight elementary schools and 500 students. So we're with those kids 175 days a year. And as the school systems have heard more about our success in dual language, they keep bringing me more Latino children because we've done a good job of having them perform better from an academic point of view. And then you also bring uh, economic services too, jobs. Yeah, when I I retired from my business life, retired is where my wife laughs at, (laughs) when I transitioned from being in business to doing corners full time, I recognized the the pull of poverty and, and that we couldn't just stay with the students because short term, the parents lived in poverty. So I used asset based community development and surveyed all of our parents and found that lawn care was the number one occupation. So we started a landscaping company and just hired the parents in and gave them things they never had before. We gave them a 20% increase, but we gave them holiday pay and vacation pay and we gave them time off. And we told them we didn't want them to work on Saturday. We wanted them to be dad on Saturday. So try to create the life that we feel like if you're working hard, you should have. And so we created that business model, and we're up now to almost $100,000 a month in revenue. Wow. We take that $100,000 and take 15%, what you might think of the profitability, and then use it for tutoring. So we're trying to create a self-sustaining nonprofit 
that then is truly multi-generational. We're helping the students do better academically, which is a great long-term trajectory. We're helping the parents do better short-term in tactical reasons so they can live a better life. And then in sharing life together, we're helping all of us see that we really are one community. It's not them and us, it's us. And so we live life with them in that situation. I love it. And so the, the, the other side of this is the donor influencer community that you bring in uh, in order to support your work. What are some of the questions that they have, maybe some of the um, misconceptions that they have, and how have you managed to integrate people whose lives are so uh, disparate? I think that's a wonderful thing, too, because we use about 250 active volunteers. And so a lot of times our volunteers have never been with a Latino person. And so yet when they begin to come to our centers and start tutoring, pretty soon they can see that they're a lot like their grandchildren if they're grandparents or they're a lot like their children if they're parents. So we just begin to see lots of people begin to see the beauty in each other versus the differences. So part of it is connecting it's also about creating commerce. A lot of the business people that have been giving to churches and to other nonprofits will say, you know, we give Larry money, he makes money. And therefore, they're seeing the commerce side of that. So it winds up being that from a business perspective, you can begin to see that we're honoring them by giving them better jobs. And then we're connecting them by letting them mow our yards, but then saying, you know, hey, it's Ramon's here and he's actually mowing my yard and his kids go to school with my kids. And so it's beginning to create that we're a family, we're one, we're one neighborhood. And I think that beauty is now we're kind of in this together. Yeah. I'm also speaking at, you know, rotaries and chambers and churches. And just explaining to them, I use an immigration quiz. I give them a 10-part question to see how they score in immigration. And, and truthfully, I've done this hundreds of times, and people usually score about 4 out of 10 right. And then they're shocked that they don't know immigration is because they're watching the news, thinking they're learning, when in fact the news is not explaining the detail of immigration. And most of them leave there with a better informed view of you know what's really going on around them. And I think that's where we hope that as more of us are informed, that we'll begin to recognize that we need to make immigration change. Mm. And what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome uh, in bringing in, in, in building this community? What are some of the challenges and resistance that you've faced from other people? Well, I mean, I, I, I never want to make this be about me. I think the thing that shocked me is the number of people that have been mad at me for helping immigrants. And that's both inside church and outside church. I've, I've always been surprised that from a compassion point of view and from uh, Jesus' message, helping our neighbor is a biblical message. But I've had people come to me, you know, and say, you know, you know, you're, you really shouldn't be doing that. You know, you're going to go to hell. You're going to have all these issues. I've got other business people that I've known for a period of time that I've done business with that come to me saying, well, I'm not going to business with you anymore because you're doing that with immigrants. So there is a really negative feeling toward our, toward our Latino families. Now, more Latinos than I would say are other minorities that exist. And some of those feelings are very, very uh, boldly stated. And I try very hard not to make it personal, even though it feels personal when people you've known for 30 years no longer will, will, will go to dinner with you because you're helping immigrants. Yeah. So I've experienced firsthand uh, people that you know really are mad at me over it, but it reminds me often that we're not called always to do the easy thing. Sometimes we're called to do the right thing. And I think being old and being, being around during the civil rights times of the 60s, we the good people were absent too often and doing the right thing. And I feel like in looking back at that, even though I was only a teenager then, it was 
clear to me that we were not doing the right thing. Now here we are, you know, 50 years later, and we have the opportunity to do the right thing. And doing the right thing may not be popular and it may not be easy, but it is what we should do. And I think that's the thing that we need to remind ourselves is I don't get to, you know, pick on this, make America great. When America is great, it's when we do the right thing. When you put kids in cages, that's not the right thing. I'm, I'm a person who believes that justice only happens if those of us who are not being threatened stand up. Those who are being threatened are usually pushed aside, but we, and, that, and uh, you know, Martin Luther King said that so well at Selma, it's when the white people begin to stand up that things begin to change. And I would say for all of my good neighbors and for all the good people, it's time we stand up to talk about the injustice that exists both every day with our undocumented, but really also every day at the border. It just exemplifies a big issue that we, all politicians, are looking past. And this is not a political ball that should be kicked around. These are human beings with long-time scars that will be left based on the decisions we're making. Mm. I almost want to end it there. <laughs> Such a strong answer. Well, yeah, and I think it's one of the things I would simply – let me say one thing and then we can – Well, I do have I one do more question for you, do. but yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah, what I was going to say too is a lot of times people say, wow, I can't believe you're doing it. And I want people to hear this clearly as – I am not anything special. I really am not. I believe every person could do something. And if we all get to know our neighbor and we all recognize that had I been born in Honduras, what would I do? And I think that's the struggle. I was with some folks that were very well off watching the caravan and they were doing all these negative things about the caravan. And so I said to them, I said, well, what if that's your granddaughter? How would you feel if your granddaughter's in that caravan? And it was like total silence. I said, see, when it's my granddaughter that's under the threat, I feel totally different. That's what we need to remember. That's someone's daughter or granddaughter in that situation. You anticipated my last question. Oh, <laughs> You know, actually, I do have one more question. I know you are a man of faith, and uh, I was wondering how your relationship with your faith has influenced how you look at the world and the decisions you make in your own life? Well, it's a, it's a great question. I, uh, I pray a lot because there are so many things greater than me. And I think prayer, and I believe in God. I believe that God, ha I think he's perfect. And I think he provides a uh, long-term, I think he knows everything that's right, but he's also counting good people to stand up with others like the Good Samaritan story. And this Good Samaritan story is truly about two groups that have ethnic background differences, and yet they help each other. He helps out someone who's a stranger. So my faith is informed by being in action. It's not good enough just to say, hey, I'll pray for you. When I finish praying, I must go do something. I must become action because Jesus calls me to not just say be warm like in the book of James, but go help people get clothed, go help people that are poor, go be with widows, orphans, and aliens. So my faith basically is confirmed for me through my work because I believe that's what we were called to do. And I, again, I am so blessed to know so many wonderful, beautiful people who are working really hard and are really, really happy. And so I, being around them is really a blessing for me. Fantastic. Um, I guess last question, if there's one thing people, or one to three things people were to take away from your story, what would you want them to take away? 
Well, one thing I would say is what you said earlier is it's so easy to live in isolation. So purposely, intentionally find a way to disrupt that, you know, and that's why I love the idea of going and tutoring a child or reading with them. Go read with a child, you know, go purposely. I like it better if you do it in their neighborhood versus in the school because you'll get to see what life is like for them. Mm-hmm. Now let your children go experience life with their with their other kids in their community. So one is just go go break down the stereotypical things and go spend time together, ever how you can do that. And two, be aware. Be, I mean, take your curiosity to the next level. Don't just accept what you heard on the headline news, but go find out more. Go understand immigration. Go understand poverty. We've had poverty in pockets in America for 50 or 100 years. Why does poverty continue? Why do the schools continue to struggle? I think we need to call upon ourselves to say, is this actually fair? If I was born in this school district, this is what my outcome would be. And I think the third thing gets into is I do believe that we should pray more. We should call a higher power because I think if we do that, I think if we open to God and ask him for help, I think he will provide that. And there you have it. Larry, thank you so, so much for spending some time with me today. And also, of course, for all the work that you do um, in in Gwinnett County. Well, thank you for opening the door to to hear the stories because it's it's powerful and important. So I am blessed by knowing you also. Thank you for letting me be part of the show today. To learn more about Larry Corners and his community, visit cornersoutreach.org. I'm Jahan Sharif. Thanks for listening.